It is Friday, January 27th, and this is People Every Day. Well, happy Friday, everyone. Tis I, Janine Rubenstein here with you. And we have a great group of stories coming up to get you all set for the weekend. So let's dive right in. Starting off with some breaking news. Amy Robach and TJ Holmes are on their way out at ABC and GMA3 after the co-host relationship went public late last year. A relationship, it's worth noting, that occurred while both were still married. Robach and Holmes, who had worked together on GMA3 since 2020, were suspended from their jobs shortly after their off-screen relationship first made headlines in November of 2022. A source with knowledge of the talks taking place this week told people as far as Robach and Holmes leaving the network, quote, they have not finished mediation, but it looks to be the expected result. We will keep you updated as we learn more about this developing story, and you can go to people.com for the latest. Jay Leno is back on the injured list. Just months after he sustained second-degree burns in a fire that broke out in the garage of his Los Angeles home. In an interview with the Las Vegas Review-Journal published Thursday, the comedian, who's 72, revealed that he is recovering from a recent motorcycle accident that left him with several broken bones. Leno told the outlet that he, quote, got knocked off his motorcycle on January 17th, resulting in a broken collarbone, two broken ribs, and two cracked kneecaps. He went on to say, quote, I'm okay, I'm working, I'm working this weekend. Leno is returning to the Vegas Strip for a run of shows in March. The news comes just hours after CNBC revealed it will not be renewing his show, Jay Leno's Garage, for an eighth season, ending the late-night host's 30-year run on various shows on NBC's network. A representative for Leno did not immediately respond to people's request for comment. We're just glad to hear he's okay, and, and we hope, for everyone's sake, that Mr. Leno takes it easy for a while. Next up, The five Memphis police officers who were fired following the traffic stop of Tyree Nichols have been charged with murder in connection with his death. All five officers are charged with second-degree murder, aggravated assault, two counts of aggravated kidnapping, and multiple counts of official misconduct and official oppression, according to online Shelby County jail records reviewed by People. Nichols was pulled over for alleged reckless driving on January 7th around 8.30 p.m., In a statement, Memphis police said more than one, quote, confrontation occurred after officers approached Nichols' vehicle and he allegedly fled on foot. Officers eventually arrested Nichols and he allegedly began to complain about being short of breath. An ambulance transported him to St. Francis Hospital in critical condition. He died three days later. Quote, my son didn't do no drugs, didn't carry no guns. He didn't like confrontation. None of that. That's why this is so hard. That's what Nichols's mother, Ravon Wells, said at a press conference on Monday. Multiple outlets report that Nichols's family recently viewed the body camera footage of his arrest for the first time, and they allege the clip shows officers savagely beating, restraining, and tasing him. Family attorney Ben Crump said the video of the arrest, which has not yet been publicly released, reminded us of the Rodney King video, he said, calling it heinous, violent troublesome on every level. You can head to people.com for the latest on this devastating case. Next up, we're taking an in-depth look at some other major crimes that are making news across the country. 
This week, the trial against disgraced lawyer Alec Murdaugh began. If you remember, he is the South Carolina man accused of slaying his wife and son, and prosecutors say all signs point to the accused. And then down in Florida, we are one step closer to uncovering what happened to a bright Microsoft executive, Jared Brightigan, who was murdered in cold blood. A lot of questions, a lot of must-need answers. Well, People's Associate Crime Editor, Corinne Cesarek, is here with me now to help me sift through the latest details surrounding these two unsolved mysteries. Hey, Corinne, welcome to the show. Hi, Janine. Thank you for having me. Well, first, let's get into the ongoing murder mystery surrounding the Murdaughs, in which two members of that prominent family were found dead on their estate in 2021. Remind us what happened here and what led to the family's patriarch, Alec Murdaugh, being arrested. In June of 2021, Alec had called authorities and said that he came home and found his 52-year-old wife, Maggie, and his 22-year-old son gunned down on their estate in the small town of Islandton, South Carolina. The mother and son had been shot with two different guns and were found outside of the home near the dog kennels on their property. Murdaugh was named a person of interest in the murders about four months later. On October 14th of that same year, Alec was arrested for allegedly stealing more than $4 million from his longtime housekeeper's insurance settlement after she died from her injuries that she sustained during a fall at the Murdoch family home. And then that same year, during Labor Day weekend, Alec was involved in his own botched suicide plot, which he allegedly had been shot in the head on the side of the road. But later on, his lawyer said this was actually a suicide attempt, but he did not want it to look like a suicide so that his surviving son, Buster, would be able to receive the life insurance payout in the amount of $10 million. So all in all, Alec is facing more than 80 criminal charges against him in addition to the two murder charges he is now facing in the trial in his wife and son's death. Okay, opening statements in the trial kicked off on Wednesday, and Alec Murdaugh had an emotional breakdown in court. And yesterday, a portion of the 911 call was played. So let's take a listen to that. So where does this case currently stand? On Wednesday during opening statements, Prosecutor Creighton Waters claimed that Paul Murdoch had sent a cell phone video to a friend around 8.45 p.m. on the night of June 7th, 2021, which was the night of the murders. And that video, which was taken near the dog kennels on the family's property, picked up the voices of Paul, Maggie, and Alec. Three minutes later, Paul Murdoch's cell phone was locked and it wasn't used again Ever. So according to the prosecutor, this video is very significant because Alec had previously denied being near the dog kennels. Prosecutors also say that Alec shot and killed his wife and son at approximately 8.49 p.m., which is just minutes after that video was taken. They then claim that Alec called his wife's cell phone in an effort to try and create an alibi. The defense is saying this prosecution's timeline is completely incorrect, and Paul and Maggie were killed after Alec had left the scene. His defense also argued that the lack of blood on Alec's clothing suggests he could not have carried out this crime. Wow, that trial is definitely the one to watch right now. But another murder mystery that has the public going down a rabbit hole is that of 33-year-old Jared Brightigan, who was a Microsoft executive that was found shot and killed in 2022. And on Wednesday, authorities arrested Henry Tenen in connection to his death. So give us a flashback on what happened the day he was killed and what do we know about the man they arrested? 
Yeah. On February 16th, 2022, Bridegan was shot multiple times at close range after he stepped out of his black Volkswagen Atlas to remove a discarded tire that was lying in the middle of a Jacksonville beach road. Authorities had called this targeted because they believe the tire was planted on the road in order to force Bridegan to stop and exit his vehicle that evening. His two-year-old daughter, Bexley, was actually inside of the vehicle in her car seat when he was killed. And luckily, she was unharmed. But Bridegan had just dropped his 10-year-old twins off that he shared with his ex-wife at her home and was driving home to his house when he was ambushed. So for nearly a year, no one was arrested in connection with this case. But that changed on Wednesday when authorities announced that 61-year-old Henry Tennant was arrested and charged with second-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, accessory after the fact, and child abuse in connection with Bridegan's killing. But there's more people out there, right? Authorities believe the suspect didn't act alone. Yeah. So during the press conference on Wednesday was when state attorney Melissa Nelson said, quote, we know that Henry Tinnan did not act alone. She could not elaborate too much on that, but she did say that they would be seeking an indictment for first degree murder. There's not a lot known about Henry Tinnan at this time, but outlets are reporting that he did rent a property from Jared's ex-wife's current husband, Mario Fernandez. So this might just be kind of like a angry love triangle debacle type thing. Yeah, we're not sure, but I think the public can expect more arrests to come. Goodness. Corinne, thank you for coming on and getting us up to speed on these cases. And as always, check out people.com, you guys, for the latest on these stories and more. Thanks so much for having me. Coming up, actress Lauren London is back in the movies this week, starring in the hilarious new rom-com You People on Netflix. This marks the star's big return following the tragic loss of her boyfriend, rapper Nipsey Hussle, back in 2019. Later, Lauren breaks down everything to know about the new movie, including what it's like to star alongside Jonah Hill and what her life is like now. But first, you already know what day it is. That's right, it's New Music Friday, and we have releases from Taylor Swift, Sam Smith, Chloe Bailey, and more next. We are back and everyone, it is New Music Friday. We're starting off with one of the newest and hottest artists out there right now. It's The Kid Leroy with his new single, Love Again. So I got nowhere to go. Can we find love again? Is this time yet? Love Again is the latest single from Leroy ahead of his upcoming album, The First Time. While the album is yet to have an official release date, fans can experience a virtual concert of Leroy this weekend in the popular video game Fortnite. The concert begins tonight on the game servers and will feature Love Again, as well as three additional unreleased songs. Next up, Sam Smith's hotly anticipated new album, Gloria, drops today. It's got so many killer tracks, but if I had to pick my favorite, it would probably be the lead single, Unholy. Take a listen. Lucky, lucky girl. She got married to a boy like you. She kick you out if she ever, ever knew. About all the you tell me that you do. 
Now, while her sister, Hallie, is making her big screen debut in The Little Mermaid this year, can't wait, Chloe Bailey is hard at work on her own project. Her debut solo album, In Pieces, will drop this March, and the latest single, Pray It Away, dropped last night. Take a listen. Maybe I should go and take it to church And wash it away Cause I wanna hear where it hurts But I'ma just pray it away Now finally, for all the Swifties out there, Taylor just released the music video for her song Lavender Haze from last year's hit album, Midnight. And it's just as hazy and lavendery as you might expect. This is the third video from Swift's new album that she directed herself, and she definitely has a knack for it. Swift is currently developing her feature film directorial debut, and if these videos are any indication, Swifties have yet another reason to be excited. If you are looking for a film this weekend that is perfect for a date night or just filled with brilliant and legendary comedians to make you laugh, then you better get ready to, you know, Netflix and chill (laughs) because You People is out today. My husband and I got to watch it last night and we got up still laughing about it this morning, you guys. You People is a love story at its core, but also a film filled with takes on some of the myriad cultural and racial conversations that have dominated the last few years. And even better, it stars the fabulous Lauren London opposite Jonah Hill. She is back on our screens and we have all been holding space for her and her family in our hearts these last few years. And she is here with me now to tell us all about this film and her life and work now. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, you're so welcome. You and Jonah Hill falling in love, I have to say, is a film that I never saw coming. <laughs> we didn't either. We did not either. <laughs> we we heard there was like no audition process for this role and that the legendary Kenya Barris knew he wanted you and said we had to beg her. She had an instant chemistry with Jonah from day one. So tell us about this chemistry and just what it was like portraying an interracial couple with Jonah Hill. Well, Jonah is such a cool dude. He's just so truthful and genuine. He's a real genuine person. I think I would consider myself a really genuine person. I think when you have a mutual respect for each other and you're both mature and grown and you really want to do good work, it created like a friendship. We were both from Los Angeles. We actually have a lot more in common than you would think. And I think that goes along the lines of that you can't just assume because someone looks like this and someone is from this particular race and culture that they are like that. I think me and Jonah's friendship is a really clear indication that that's true because I'm a black woman, he's a white man, and we have so much in common with our views on life and, you know, anxiety and work and grief. And he's a real true friend of mine. Nice, nice. Is he as astute in the culture as he's portrayed to be (laughs) in the movie? I was like, look at these, look at these rap facts, Jonah Hill. Oh my God, yeah. He's a big (laughs) hip hop fan and he will break down any rap lyric better than me. Uh, (laughs) Jonah will listen to some rap and meanwhile, I'm listening to Rochelle Pharrell. Uh, But yeah. That's my mom's favorite, yes. 
That's my, I love her. I love it. Well, Nia Long and Eddie Murphy play your parents, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus and David Duchovny play Jonah's parents all hilariously. All of you at one table shooting the dinner scene. I would assume it would take forever <laughs> to get through these scenes because of breaking character. That was one of my favorite days on set, just to have everyone on the cast in the same room. It was really... You know, like a master class watching Eddie and Julia and David and Nia and even Jonah. Jonah's a improv master and so is Eddie and, Ju- you know, all of them. So it was just a lot of laughter, you know, Eddie and Julia talking about their SNL days. And I'm asking Nia about Boys in the Hood because I grew up watching that and she's an L.A. girl. Yeah, it was just, those are my favorite days. Well, I got to say, I was personally invested in the film because my husband, Doug, is Black and Jewish. And hence, my name is Janine Rubenstein. I don't look like a Janine Rubenstein, but I am. And I learned that your heritage includes Black roots from your mom's side and then Jewish ancestry from your father's side. Yeah, my dad is Jewish. Absolutely. Yeah. And my mom is Black. So then in the movie, Jonah's character, Ezra is Jewish, of course, you're a Black woman. So did it feel at all personal for you? And, and did it bring up any thoughts or experiences you've had? Um, I guess personal would be just in the sense of that it was, a, you know, <laughs> it wasn't my experience, though. So that's where my disconnect is, because I just grew up with my mother in my household. I didn't grow up with my dad living with us. My parents divorced when I was really young. I was three. And so my experience is of my mother's experience because I just grew up with a single black mom. So it it didn't feel personal. What felt personal was shooting in L.A. and some of those areas that we shot in and some of the places that we shot in. And I like that they were Jewish because it was also some stuff that I got to learn via being in the movie that I, I didn't know. Just watching the film, one of the things that I loved was just outside of the actual storyline, it was just seeing you happy and smiling and those dimples that remind me of my sister's dimples <laughs> just on display. How are you feeling outside of work? How are you feeling personally? We all know how much you have been through. It depends on the day. You know, it depends on the day. But today, I am no complaints for me. My kids are healthy. They are happy. I am healthy. I'm here. I have an opportunity to make it a good day. And so I would have to say that every day, it just depends on the day and that my intention is to make the best out of what I have. You know, I don't want to, I want to ask God for too much. I just want him to flow with me through me next, however. So I I just, you know, day by day. Yes. Lauren, thank you so much for just taking the time to be with us today. And everyone, run. Don't walk to your TV screen and catch you people out now globally on Netflix. Thanks so much, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, there are a few select people on Earth that everyone can agree are just undeniably hot. Uh, Chris Evans, Boris Kojo, uh, Henry Golding, right? But what about scientifically hot? 
Well, a British plastic surgeon is claiming that Bridgerton alum Reggae Jean Page isn't just hot by mere societal beauty standards. He's mathematically perfect. <laughs> the surgeon, Dr. Julian De Silva, has used digital face mapping software to determine that 34-year-old Page has 93.65% facial symmetricality, according to the Greek golden ratio of beauty phi, which measures physical perfection. <laughs> that makes him mathematically the most gorgeous man on Earth, and that's strictly scientific. De Silva uses the software to release an annual ranking of the world's most mathematically perfect men. In second place this year was Chris Hemsworth, who came just a bit short with 93.53%. Uh, Michael B. Jordan was in third with 93.46%. And the big loser this year? Batman star Robert Pattinson, who dropped down to six after coming out on top in 2020. Sorry, Rob. Better luck next time. Of course, it's all fun and games because true hotness is subjective, right? But finding out your favorite Shondaland hunk is mathematically perfect is certainly something to make me smile. I hope it's the same for you. That's all for this week, everyone. Stay warm out there if you're up north and we will see you on Monday for another brand new People Every Day. People Every Day is produced by Chrissy Lindquist, Tony Mantia, Amy Machado, and Madison Lesby. Edited by Morgan Foose, Carter Wogan, Michael Aquino, and Adam Raimunda. And made with the help from Patrick Vermillion, Leah Roth-Barsanti, and the great team at Pod People. People's producers are me, Janine Rubenstein, and Charlotte Triggs. Our show is associate produced by Aliza Sessler and Fallon Harge, and executive produced by David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. 